work until I come. Or you can say, what to do in the meantime. Do not wait, for tomorrow might be too late. Work now so that you can play later. What you're doing today is preparing you for tomorrow. So how does your today look? So much of what you do right now will impact what's going to happen later. If you need groceries today in order to eat tomorrow, you better go get some groceries today so that you can eat tomorrow. Because come tomorrow, like today, you might be snowed in. And you're thinking now, if only I should have gone out while the sun was still up. I would have been all right, but now i got to find my way out of the snow in order to survive and find me some food. We need to realize that today is not to be wasted. Work until I come. What to do in the meantime is that we need to work until Jesus comes. What's the job that we need to do? Well... You don't have to look too far. Just in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis, we see the command that God gave Adam, tell him to take care of the earth. So the minimal thing you can do is at least take care of what you have. We're about to look in the Gospel of Luke, and, and as we're doing this series, dealing with Jesus' journey to Jerusalem to celebrate his resurrection, uh, we find Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, the 11th chapter, he went into Zacchaeus' house. You might be familiar with the story of Zacchaeus. Uh, Zacchaeus was a man of short stature who heard this great crowd and, and saw, heard it was Jesus, so he climbed a sycamore tree that, so that he could just see the man. <laughs> Did not know that by seeing the man, Jesus was going to see him. And say, today I must stay. It is necessary that I stay at your house. And Zacchaeus overwhelmed that this man, this teacher, this rabbi, Messiah, Christ, wanted to stay at his house. So Zacchaeus welcomes him there. Zacchaeus is transformed from this meeting of Jesus. And Jesus, whenever he goes a place, he would sit down and he would teach. He would share. What the word of God says. And so now we find him in Luke, the 11th chapter, him teaching. And, and you see how the mood changes, the subject changes. And I want you to catch three things here. Look at the characters. Look at the participants in this parable. And then think, what does this have to do with him going to Jerusalem? Let's see if we can answer those questions. In Luke, the 19th chapter, 11 verse says, the crowd was listening to everything Jesus said. And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants and divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, invest this for me while I am gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want him to be our king. 
after he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. I'm going to stick a pen right there. Work until I come. We see here that this king, before he was king, it just says he was just a man of noble birth. Some translations say just a noble man. But yet, he is being called off to a far land to become king. To understand this, that during this time, during the colonization, during the Roman Empire, the Caesar was in one area. In order for someone to become king, they would have to go to that land to receive the authority to come back to their kingdom. We find here that Jesus says that he's on his way to Jerusalem, and since he's near Jerusalem, and they believe, they suppose, they expect that the kingdom is near. And so Jesus wants to clear up the air and let them know, yes, the kingdom is near, but it's not about to happen the way you think it's going to happen. Oftentimes, we, we want to work in order to get our own results, not realizing that who we should be working for. Jesus is letting them know that I am the one of noble birth. You might catch on the way home. And I am going to a far off place to receive my kingdom. And I'm going to leave you with some things. And when I come back, I will call you to myself to see what the prophets are. Are you with me? Work until I come. We see here the characters, a man of noble birth. We see citizens or uh, his, those who are, are his delicates, it says, or the ones who did not like him. Basically, the, his subjects. Basically, they were under him in his region, in his land. And then also you see another class, the slaves or the servants. We see here the man of noble birth. And we see here the slaves, both conditions change. But the citizens' conditions change as well, but their change was not as beautiful as the others. I want you to grab these, th these three objectives to realize that when you work for the king, you get king rewards. You get glory. And you have peace. Other object to look at, when you don't work for the king, <laughs> you, what you have will be taken away. You will be rejected, and you will be punished. I, I want you to really look at this text here and think about your job, where you work. Your job, maybe some of you say, well, I'm out of employment right now. Well, that's true. You may not have a job that's paying you a check on every Friday or every Tuesday, whatever your payday may be, but yet you do have a job. Uh, my mother told me she, her job was she didn't get paid for it. That's being my mom. And I, I want to tell you that she was truly underpaid because <laughs> she sure enough did overtime with me. And, and many of us have jobs just like that, jobs you're not going to get payment from, but it's a job, it's a responsibility that you have. You are supposed to be husband, you are supposed to 
be wife. You're supposed to be mother. You're supposed to be father. But too many times in our lives and in this world, we act with, what have you done for me lately? I'm going to only serve you if you first serve me. But do you not see in the text that who did the noble man call before him? Did he call his subjects or did he call his slaves? The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Have you ever been at your job and you start seeing somebody working harder than you, and next thing you know, they start getting a promotion? And you said, I've been here all this time. How is this person going to be above me? Sometimes... Sometimes, it's not oftentimes, but sometimes that person deserved that promotion because of the hard work that they did. Or sometimes, oftentimes, a person keeps their job while everybody loses their job because of the hard work that they have done. I know it's not often. We've seen people do great jobs and been let go. But I want you to understand here that God keeps good books. We find here the citizens hated the king. Did they give a reason why? Do you ever... Ever, ever get a reason why somebody hates you <laughs> and that it makes sense? <laughs> you know, as kids hate somebody because they have new clothes. Hate someone because their lunchbox looks better than theirs. Hate somebody because their shoes are cleaner than theirs. We hate people that have a better car than us. They drive up to you at that stoplight and you get mad because you want that Benz. You want that BMW, but you're still in your beater. Still paying a note on it, but you want something else? That's the world we live in, that we are hateful for things that we want because we're thinking about self. But when you see here, who is called before the noble man a slave? See, the king gives kingly rewards. Look, at first he's just a noble man who gives out money, who gives out minus to ten slaves. But when he comes back, he comes back not as just a noble man anymore, but he comes back as king. And when he comes back as king, he now wants to see, what have you done while I was gone? Have you ever been there before? Your job has caused you to do some work without immediate supervision. But when they come back, they want a report. And so therefore they come and tell me, what have you done? Are you able to face the music? We had ten servants that had come before the king. When they left, he left just as a nobleman. When he left, there was a delegation of those who hated him. They hated him so much, they sent out a message saying, we do not want him to rule over us. My, my, my. See, even while you're doing the work of the king in the meantime, also know there's haters in the meantime. You know your job and your responsibility. Do it. Tell somebody, do your work. Tell somebody, do your, work. do your work until he comes back. There's going to be haters. Haters always hate. And they hate because they have nothing else better to do. And when you look at it, that within here, these haters, these haters, they hated him. They didn't have a reason, but yet they hated him possibly just because he was a man of noble birth. Maybe they hated him because they, he left his slaves with some money in their hands. Maybe they hated that he left the slaves with money in their hands and he didn't leave them with anything. But then again, he knew they were haters. <laughs> and he went off to a far land and they sent off an embassy. They sent off a messenger to the same place where he was going to let them know like they had a say. So I want you to write this down. Write this down. Haters have no say. But remember, God has the last word. 
Do you grab, you see that in the text? They sent off their message and it fell on deaf ears because it says, however, anyway, he returned back as king. <laughs> I want you to really grab here. If God has something for you, there's nobody on earth that can stop you from getting it. If God has called you off to a far off place, he will make provision for you to get there. I, I, I know, I know it's hard right now where you're standing to believe that something could possibly be better in the future. But I, I want you to grab and see the, realis- the, re- the reality of it all. Abraham, when he was just able, in a far off land, was called by God to go to a land he'd never heard of. That he was going to be a father of many nations, had no children. This man left from a land he didn't know to go look at a land he did not know. That's some far-off reality, but yet it was real. Uh, Joshua continued on after Moses, and I love this text because God tells Joshua in the book of Joshua, every place your foot touches is your land. Joshua's foot never touched this land before, but God let him know, I've called you to this place. I, pre- I prepared this place for you, and therefore every place your foot steps is your land. Some of us need to realize that God has called us to a place that everywhere we go is his. Think about how when you go to your house, right, you claim everything that day because it's yours. I want you to look outside your house and see how God owns the earth and the fullness thereof. I bet you there's more outside of your house that God can give you. Too many times we think so small-minded, we don't think and realize how much we can do. So we need to realize and look at the first servant, the first servant that God calls forward, the, the king calls forward. He says, you're mine, master, you're mine. Do you see the possession here? He did not say what you have given me is mine, but he says yours. I want you to grab this point here. What God has given you is his, not yours. I know you have a nice house. I know you're, you're happy with the clothes you have on. But naked you came into this world, <laughs> showing sure up naked you're going to leave. What God has given you, everything is his. And so therefore, this, master, this servant goes to the master and says, Master, your minor has now made ten. And then it says the second came and says, Look, master, your minor has now made five. And then I like it how it says uh, of the other or another. So it's possibly that maybe every, all nine but one had profit. Uh, but this one that is specifically mentioned uh, said that I hid what you had in my handkerchief, in my napkin, because I knew that you were understood, you were a hard, that you are a stern man. Look here, what God gave. And I'm saying God because this is a parable. A parable means a story laid along life. And, and God, the king, this nobleman, is reflecting of Jesus. And, and Jesus, as the king, gave the ten. The ten is a whole number, which is implying everybody's responsible, these slaves. And he called forth the slaves because he could have gave every slave, but he only gave ten. Sometimes God may only give you something that nobody else has. 
That might get you on the way home. But some of y'all have written songs that you have not seen. Some have written, written books that you have not bothered to publish. Some of you have ideas that you haven't even bothered to patent. Some of you have ideas of an entrepreneur that's going to bless somebody, but you're sitting on it because you're scared to just step out and try something. But I want you to understand that what God has given you, there's an increase involved in. Jesus in John 15 chapter says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will produce fruit. Do you understand? The production is in, invested in there. He says some fruit, 60, 100 fold. There's production in God. There's production in Christ Jesus. So what you have, you're able to do something with it. But use what you got. Don't try to do what everybody else has. Don't try to be like somebody else. Don't try to sing like somebody else. Don't try to write like somebody else. Don't try to dress like somebody else. Don't try to live like somebody else. But live how he's formed you to live. Be who you are called to be. I believe when he called folks to slaves, that he did not change their names to citizens. He left them as slaves and returned to them as they were slaves. But when they sold their work, they went from being slaves there's an imperative here within the Greek. He says, now you have authority over these cities. But I say the first thing to understand that the king gives kingly rewards. He left with only the ability to give them money. <laughs> but he returned with the authority to give them cities. He left with the ability only to give them a penny. But he came back as president able to give them states. <laughs> He left as only a, a, a one, just among of many of noble birth, but he returned as the king of the land, able to give them authority over the land. He left them with, as slaves who were serving these, these haters who hated them, and, they ret and he returned to the slaves to make them over their haters. God can take your enemies. And make them your footstools. Oh, God can take those who are against you <laughs> and make them stumbling blocks before you. <laughs> that you can just walk on over them because they stumbled and fell. Thought they were standing up against you. Oh, God can make you as strong as a fortified city against all those enemies that come against you. That sometimes it might get hard on you. But you can say, the Lord is my light. And my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Even though my enemies camp around them, camp around me, they stumble and they fall. Oh, then you can get excited. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you see what I'm getting at here? That when you just hold on and do the work of the king. The king can give you everything that you need. The slaves were just serving just until he came back. But when he came back, he came back differently. But in the meantime, they were called to do work. In the meantime, you're supposed to be doing some work. What's the work you should be doing? I, I just said I made it very simple. I know you're thinking about your employment. Yes, you can think about your employment, but some of us need to be working harder to be better wives, to be better husbands, to be better singles, better men of God, better women of God, better children of God, better grandparents of God. Some of us need to just stop concerning about the Joneses and make sure that we're serving Jesus. We want to keep up with everything else, but we're not keeping up with the word of God. 
We want to make sure we know what the news is saying, but we don't know what the good news is saying. You don't read every book but the great book, the big book, the B-I-B-L-E. Break it down and make it simple. All you got to do is look at the word of God and he makes it clear. I want you to look at the command he gave the slaves. He simply told them, work until I come back. Now, the specific, it was specific because look what he gave them. He gave them money. So therefore, they were to work with the money until he came back. What has God given you? You can do an inventory right now of your house. He's given me a TV. <laughs> He's given me a blanket. He's given me a Bible. Man, now we're looking at some of these things, but now look what he's put on the inside of you. Oh, he gave me a creative mind. Oh, I'm good at math, or I'm good at writing, I'm good at singing. You know what? I got a good gift of administration. I can organize some things. You know what? I like to give a lot. You know, I can help organize and help people give things in a better way. You know what? He gave me a mind of building. I can construct some things. I can fix some things. I could be something like those iron men and join them and help somebody fix a piping in the house or rake up some leaves. There's some jobs out there to do. I know, I know your name may not be up in lights. You may not be on the TV. But the Lord, he sees. Because he didn't call forth the citizens because they hated him. But he called forth the slaves. I, I want to point out to you here that when you love the king, you love his work. When you love the king, you do his work with love. But when you hate the king, you do no work. Another thing I want to point out to you, that when you have a relationship with the king, you know who he is. And so therefore you know how to do what he asks you to do. But when you do not have a relationship with the king, then you do not know who he is. We see two of the slaves come back with profit. One was given one minor, was able to make it to turn into ten. One was given one, was able to turn it into five. And he says, good servants, I give you ten, I give you five. Because of the ten minor you gained, you've been faithful over this little. Now I'll make you faithful over a lot. But yet the other came and said, master, you are a hard man. Oh, master, you you uh, reap where you do not sow. <laughs> you take what you did not have. And he says to him, and he didn't call him a good servant. He didn't say, well done, good servant. But no, he says, out of your own mouth, I will judge you, wicked servant. You said, I'm a hard man. Well, I'm a hard man. Now, look at this rhetorical question. It's given in the negative because the, react, the result is not possible because he did not do what he said he should have done. He's basically saying, look here, if I'm a hard man, then you should have at least just gave it to the table. Basically, you should have put it in an investment and let it get some usury, let it get some interest, so you would have came back with something. If I'm such a hard man, if I'm such a hard man, then in, in reality, and what you're saying then, this is what I, you should have done, but you don't even believe that because you did absolutely nothing. So what you do have, I will take away from you and give it to the one who has ten. Now look at here, the audience all around, I can see the subjects, I can see the citizens, I can see the other slaves along with the other 
29 said, but master, he already has kids. But look what he says. Yes, the king replied, and to those who use well what they are given, even more, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have, will be taken away. The one who had the most had an increase just from working with what he had. I want you to grab here that each of the ten servants each had the same thing. Do you see that? Did it say one had more than the other to start off with? No, they all started with the same. Just like in playing a game of Monopoly, you all start off on go. But yet it's up to you how you're going to play the game. Some of you know that I'm going to go for broke and do what I can. Those who wait to buy property oftentimes lose. But those who buy property early oftentimes win. We see that those who took the time said, you know what, I'm going to work this mine until he comes back. And they came back with a profit. But the one who says, you know what, I'm just going to wrap it up. Use what you got. Because there's an increase in what God has given you. And as a result of what you do in God, you can reap a greater benefit. I want you to really grab this here. Look, we can just look at, the, at Martin Luther King Jr. I, I want you to understand, he used with what he had. And look how he's remembered some 30 years later. It has increased. His name has increased because of just the little work that he did. I, I want you to really grab it here. Before, he was just a small-time preacher. Matter of fact, his dad was more famous than him, but they called his young preacher because nobody else wanted to step up to the job. They were scared, but this man stepped up to the job. And now his name lives on. We, we, we can look at how people just start off with just a little thing. Uh, the boycott started in one city, but it spread it. <laughs> the city started in one, in one cafe, and it spread it. It's amazing how just one little thing has the potential to blowing up. I want you to really grab here that they all received one, and they all had their potential and their ability to grow, but also they also had the same choice as that wicked servant to hide what they had. What are you hiding? Are you sitting on what God has for you? Or are you putting it to work until he comes? Are you not using the gifts and the talents that he has given you? Or are you wasting them away? Because then when it comes time for you to use it, it'll be too late. Because when he came back, what one had was taken away. And I want you to realize here that this parable was done. To tell them about the coming of the kingdom. Because Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And they thinking that the kingdom is near. But Jesus is letting them know. That the kingdom is not going to show up. Why you think it's going to show up. But I have to go to a place. I want you to grab this parable here. That Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem because nobody else could go to this far off land. <laughs> 
and come back with the power and authority he's going to come back with. Do you understand here that Jesus is that same young man born of nobility? The record says how he is of the lineage uh, of David. Uh, but yet you can see the humility of this man, how he was born in a manger. You can see the humility of this man that he was only a carpenter's son. But I believe when he was baptized, I heard God said that this is my son of whom I am well pleased. And then as he was on his way to Jerusalem and he went up high on the mountain, James and John heard God said, this is my son. Obey him. I'm glad today that Jesus just Mary's baby. Jesus, the son of a carpenter, was going off into a far land in order to receive his kingdom. Am I talking to somebody here? Jesus had to go to Jerusalem. He was going to receive a crown, but it wasn't going to be a glorious crown. His, his citizens that, that hated him, that rejected him, they sent many messages to Caesar saying he's not our king, but only you, Caesar, is our Lord. And they put a crown he thrown on his head. They put a robe around him and a stick to mock him. They hit him on the head and say, prophesy who hits you. Oh, Jesus, going off into a far land. But do you not see in the Bible, the record shows that before he went off, he told his disciples, I will leave you my Holy Spirit. Am I talking to somebody here? Because I'm going to leave you with something to work with until I come. What are you going to leave us, Jesus? I'm going to leave your power of the Holy Spirit. And with this power, you'll be able to do awesome things, mighty things, things ready than these things that you've seen me do. I'm telling you the same power of this Holy Spirit is able to keep marriages together, able to raise children up, able to keep singles and, and men and women of God in their right mind, able to transform a community with the gospel of Jesus Christ, able to build a better community, going through better relationships, all the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, I'm going to come back to you. He told the disciples, I go to prepare a place for you so that when I come back, you might be there with me. Do you not see in the text, uh, the man of noble birth came back as king and now he did not just give them money, but he gave them kingdoms. Oh, I'm going to kiss somebody in a moment here. Uh, he went away, we were able just to give them money. But when he came back, he was able to make them co-heirs with him. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? Do you understand that Jesus, who is fully God, uh, emptied himself, poured himself to go from master of all to slave of all, just to come back to share his glory? You see, he wants you to work until he comes. Because every man is destined to die and then comes the judgment. 
But I want you to grab here that if we confess to him, and though we may die, yet we shall live. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give you life more abundantly. Do you see here the characters? I told you, look at the transformation. The nobleman became king. The slaves became princes. When you work for the Lord, when you work for his kingdom, all changes can happen in your life. (laughs) Oh, you can go from being the least to being the greatest. Oh, you can go from having not to having too much to handle. Oh, you can go from being little to being great. Do you not see these ten slaves went from being slaves to being over the kingdom? Do you not know that Jesus is coming back and, and we can now call God Father just like Jesus and we can be co-heirs to the kingdom that is going to give out rewards and every day we be able to worship before our Father and say thank you Lord for saving a wretch like me. You didn't have to but you did it. Did not the king call forth the slaves? Aren't you glad that Jesus called you out to the mess you were in to let you know I got something greater? Oh, they didn't have anything until they came before him and he blessed them and he increased it. But watch out for your haters. Oh, pray for them because they're going to suffer the price. But when you look at our Jesus, he paid the price for us. But yet while we're waiting for him to come back, there's some work to do. Work like you love him. When you work like you love him, he sees your, your effort. The one that had ten, he, he came back with ten. He didn't short him. He said, you should have had more. He says, well done. The one that came back five didn't master ten. He didn't say you should have did better. He said, well done. But the one who came back with nothing, that means he did not work. Are you working? Are you working? Ask your neighbor, are you working? Ask your neighbor, are you working? Work until he comes. When he comes with all glory, oh, be ready to receive your prize. Oh, be ready to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. Now I make you faithful over much. But work until he comes. Every head bowed, every eyes closed.